Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living. morning church how are we doing this morning good yay morning church how are we doing this morning there we go good to see you I'm glad all of you made it here this morning and those of you who came for the 10 o'clock service we're welcome to you too um, and so we're just happy that you're here if it's a daylight savings time joke if you get that um, no but we we're so happy you're here this morning I'm excited to just uh, talk to you about what God's been laying on my heart we've been in a series uh, called unexpected and it's kind of this concept it's not kind of it is a concept of the unexpected things that happen in scripture that lead to the cross and there's so many of those different areas and things that we see can see in scripture when I think of the word unexpected for me probably one of the the biggest things that happened was in 2018 um, it was my wife and I's 10th an wedding anniversary that we were celebrating and she wanted to surprise me so she shows up at my office on a Thursday afternoon and hands me a card um, and I'm thinking oh this is nice come here and surprise me with a card and so I read through the card and it says you know I love you all this stuff 10 years been great all this stuff, blah 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 this mushy stuff right and then it goes and um and, and so what I wanted to do to surprise you was I want to take you on a trip and there's a car waiting downstairs to take us to the airport right now so let's go and so I look at it and I look over at her and I'm like wait is this for real and she goes yeah yeah I literally there's a car down there we're gonna go to the airport and I'm like okay well what about my stuff and, I, and she goes, I packed all your stuff. I have everything ready to go. It's in the car, ready to go. And I'm still just sitting there like, okay, I don't know what's happening. Um, okay, we're going to do this. Let's go on a trip. And so we go down, we get in the car. And so I'm, we're heading down to the airport. And um, I must have had a look on my face that did not look like happiness. Um, because she goes, she goes, hey, are you okay that I surprised you? Like, I'm, she was starting to feel bad because apparently my face was not showing gratitude and all the stuff it's supposed to show this time. And I go, oh, honey, I'm so excited. Like, I am ready for this. Um, I'm, I'm excited. But you packed all my stuff? And she goes, yeah. I go, you got everything? And she goes, I, I'm pretty sure. Because here's the deal. I don't know about you. But someone packing my clothes for a trip that's a week long does not excite me, okay? I, did, you're, I, I literally was going through all the things, and I'm like, well, did you pack my favorite shirt too? And, and, and she goes, well, I packed, I've been watching you the last couple weeks, and so I kind of see what you like and all this stuff. And, and she goes, so we're good to go. We're going to go. By the way, she did not pack my favorite shirt. And I came to find out the reason why is that is not her favorite shirt. <laughs> and she intentionally did not pack that shirt. 
Um, but we had a blast. We enjoyed it. She took me on a cruise, and we went out of Florida for a couple days and went on a cruise. But it was so unexpected, and I didn't, I didn't see it coming. They had me fooled. Um, the kids knew. The church knew. Pretty much planet Earth knew. I did not know. I, I, even to this day, she goes, you probably knew. I had no clue that anything was happening, and it was so unexpected. And those are some of the fun moments in life, aren't they, that, that kind of hit you. They're scary. Because she didn't pack my favorite shirt. I mean, not that I'm bitter or anything, but it was, it was good, right? And um, as you look at Scripture, when you look at God's Word, can I tell you, there are so many unexpected events that so often we read this, we read this book, we read the Bible like we've read it a thousand times, forgetting that the people who were experiencing everything that was going on, it was the first time they experienced it. And I got to believe that almost every instant they're going, Wait, we're doing what, Jesus? Wait, we're going where, Moses? And the unexpected things that come out of that are just so amazing to me. Probably one of the biggest unexpected things that I have encountered in Scripture is this concept of grace. Unexpected grace. In my own life, as I see in other people's lives, that grace is one of those things that, that we know in the church, it's a word we use often in the church, but it's so unexpected, and so often when it, where, when it hits us and when we find it, we're like, wow, where did that come from? And, and now the world knows about grace, the, the definition, grace has been around, the concept of grace has been around for a while, and the de- dictionary.com definition is, grace is a manifestation of favor, especially by a superior, and so a sentence to use that would be, it was only by the teacher's grace that I was able to turn in my homework late. And some of the students in here are like, oh yeah, I would have never gotten past high school if I hadn't, you know, had grace on my assignments, right? And so it's that concept that we're, we're given something that we're not really supposed to have. But biblical grace is so much more than that. Biblical grace is a bigger idea of that because it still has a superior. There's still one person who has that ability to give it where it comes from, but it means so much more. And some of my favorite definitions of a biblical concept of grace is this, unmerited favor. Something that we weren't supposed to have, we didn't earn it, and yet it was still given to us. God's favor towards the unworthy. You know, we as, we as Christians, as believers, as humans, are not worthy of grace, and yet God still gives it to us. Or probably my favorite one, because I feel it it speaks directly to me, is getting what you don't deserve, Dan. Right? That's kind of how I feel it's said. That I don't deserve it, and yet I'm still going to get it. And that's this amazing concept, this idea of grace. And for us as believers, it it is the foundation of our Christianity, of our salvation, is understanding what grace is. In the, in the New Testament, when it comes to this idea, it says this about grace in Ephesians 2. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, and not by works so that no one can boast. And it's this gift that is given. You know, the opposite of grace is actually the law. Until this biblical concept of grace came in, the way that you were able to be forgiven of your sins was to pay a physical price, a penalty. 
And so they had all these laws in the Old Testament. There's over 600 laws that the Old Testament lays down for us. And the Pharisees were actually, you might have heard them, the, the rulers of the law, the keepers of the law. They knew all of these and they kind of were, were the law police, so to speak. And so it was that idea of eye for an eye. When you mess up, there is a specific penalty that you must pay to, be, to, to get back in good graces. Um, and, and so if you were to steal something, the punishment could have been cutting off your hand. Because you used your hands to steal, so we're going we're gonna to remove that temptation from you to have that. And so the law is the opposite of grace, because grace is one of those things that you were forgiven and there was no payment from you necessary. It was given to you. And for some of us in here, the rule followers out there, we go, well, that's not fair. Right? We have to have a payment Someone has to pay the price. When there's something wrong that's happened, there has to be a payment for that. And can I tell you something? That would be another definition of grace. Grace is not fair. It's not. It was never meant to be fair. That's not how God intended it. Grace is given. It does not have to be fair. And that's really tough for us. As believers, I mean, the ultimate way that that was shown was through God, right? God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, sins that we have made, committed, and that we all are deserved the penalty of death. And yet in that penalty, we're going to be forgiven and grace is given so that we don't have to have that, pay that penalty, but Jesus paid that for us so that someday we could be with him in heaven, right? That's the ultimate act of grace in our lives and for believers that's key and I want to look at that this morning this idea of unexpected grace um, if you have your Bibles you can turn to Luke chapter 23 because that's where we're going to be this morning and we're going to look at a passage of scripture that a lot of us have heard before I don't know if we've ever looked at it with the idea of grace in mind but to me it's a great picture of what Jesus did for a thief on a cross and this idea of grace and so you've heard it when Jesus is on this cross and he's got the two thieves um, on either side of him and this conversation happens. And so we're going to start in verse 32. It says this. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which actually read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Can you think about what it would be like to be those two guys on the cross, knowing you've messed up, knowing that you're paying the price, and then this guy Jesus comes along at the end of their lives and trying to figure it out. Interesting to note, right, that 
that these guys knew who Jesus was? Both, both of these men had heard his, his story. One guy is sitting here going, hey, you're supposed to be able to save us, right? Which means he knew what was going on. They say that you're supposed to be the Messiah, the chosen one. Why aren't you saving us? The other one says, you haven't even done anything wrong, which means he understood that, that Jesus did nothing to deserve to be there. Just interesting thought to know that they knew where, where he was and who he was. And yet Jesus went through with it. Talk to this guy, and to me, this is a great picture of grace because for us as believers, we have to understand if we're going to understand our salvation, if we're going to understand how we can continue this life that honors God, we have to understand grace. So, the couple things I want you to know the first thing we need to know about grace is grace doesn't discriminate. Grace doesn't discriminate. It says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Notice there that it says forgive them, not, forg- not forgive some of them, or hey, I forgive everybody but that guy back there. It wasn't that concept. It was the idea of forgive them. Everybody was forgiven. And there was not a discrimination between what was going on. And so often in the church, we feel that we have to be at a certain place in life. We feel we have to be at a place that can, can understand grace, that we have to know everything, or we haven't done certain things, or we have done certain things. Grace doesn't discriminate. We don't have to be at a certain place. Grace meets us where we're at. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, grace is at a place where we can all understand what's happening. And it doesn't discriminate for anything that's going on. Hey guys, I, I'm really in the middle of something. <laughs> oh, you're sorry you're interrupting me? Oh, okay. What, do you have to give me this gift right now? Okay, well, I'm going to finish this and then we'll take, well, I'll open that later? Okay, can we set it? Let's set it right there, yeah, okay. Thanks, guys. Um, that's my daughter, Taylor, and my son, Wilson, who apparently had to give me a gift right now. Um, so yeah, so where was I? So grace doesn't discriminate, right? And it's not at a place where we, we can understand at times, but yet it's there. Some of you may be in the room as we talk about this going, man, I, I don't qualify for this concept of grace, I've done too many wrong things in life. I've messed up too often. And let me tell you, if you don't think you qualify, you're absolutely right. You don't. None of us do. That's why it doesn't discriminate. Grace is for everybody. It's for you. It's for me. It's for your neighbor. No matter where you're at, No matter what you've done, grace doesn't discriminate. The second thing about grace is grace is not deserved. It says in verse 41, it says, We are punished justly for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve, right? And it's this, the the, the thief on the cross, he's yelling at the other thief. The other thief is sitting here going, hey, this isn't okay, it's not right. You know, he's yelling at him, he goes, you can't yell at him. We're on this cross, we're getting exactly what we deserve in this moment, right? We're getting what we deserve. 
Grace, grace is different because he doesn't deserve it. Now, let, let me tell you this. Uh, my wife, my wife um, is one of those people who loves to bless people um, in lines at drive throughs Like, she likes to pay for the person um, behind you. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. What's the make and model of her car, right? And so you just want to know. Um, but for whatever reason, early on, from the time we got married, she, was, she would say, hey, just so you know, I'm going to spend some money from time to time. It's not all on me. So you might see a bigger order at Tim Hortons or Starbucks, but I just, I feel sometimes I'm supposed to pay for the person behind me. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's I guess so. so. So that's what she does. And so it's a blue Malibu. Um, and so just, just kidding. Um, but I don't know if you've ever been the recipient of someone paying for you. It feels pretty good, right? When you get up there and uh, as you pull to the drive-thru and they say, hey, just so you know that, that your order has been taken care of, the person in front of you has, has taken care of that. Now, for most of us, I would say our response is typically what? I mean, if you've ever had this happen, your response is, okay, well, I'll pay for the person behind me, right? You sit there and you go, I want to make sure I, I bless the next person. Some of us were good. We just, hey, we'll just receive it. But, but a lot of us is like, hey, I want to pay for the next person behind me. You might have even been in a line. I was at Dunkin' Donuts a couple years ago, and I remember pulling up, and they say, hey, your, your order's been taken, and uh, it's been paid for. And they say, just so you know, you're the 17th car in line who's been paid for. Do you want to keep it going? Well, how do you say no to that? This is making me feel super guilty, Right? So, of course, yeah, pay for the next person. Um, and, and they're like, it was cheaper than what your bill was, right? So, so we just had that feeling, right? Because that's, that's what we have. That's it's how it works. That's how it's supposed to happen. But imagine you pull up in the drive-thru, right? Imagine you go up there and they say, hey, just so you know, the person in front of you paid for it. And you go, oh, that is awesome. Hey, can I pay for the next person in line? And they go, no. And you go, what? What do you mean? Well, it was a gift for you. If you make a payment, it's not like you received the gift. You just paid for someone else. You didn't get the gift. I mean, yeah, it was nice for them, but you're, you're feeling you have to. See, that's, that's what Jesus has done for us. It's what God did by sending his son to die on a cross, and he says, hey, I got this gift of grace. I want to give it to you. And so we, being humans, go, okay, what do I have to pay for this? You know, I'm going to come to church more. I'll make sure I pay for it. Make sure I give where I'm supposed to give. I'm going to make sure I pay for it. I'm going to make sure I read my Bible more, right? So we do all these things to try and make this payment. God says, no. You just have to accept it. Now, are all those things good? Yes. Should we be doing those things? Yes. But not if our goal is to pay a price for grace. We don't deserve it, and yet it's given. No one deserves it, and yet it's given. And that thief said, hey, we don't, we, we're getting what we deserve he didn't even do anything. You see that that leads to the next one, that grace is hard to explain and it's hard to understand. He says, hey, we're punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve, but this man, he didn't do anything wrong. And I don't know if you've ever tried to explain the concept of grace, the concept of God sending his son to anybody else, but it's hard. 
it's tough to explain sometimes. So you go to church, yeah? And you can be forgiven of your sins, yeah? Well, what do you have to do to get it? Just believe that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. He rose again three days later. That's all you have to do? Why did he do it? Love. Love's the reason. Wait, what? Yeah, love. I don't understand that. He loved you, and then, so what? A lot of people I, I love. No, no, he loved you so much. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So love is the answer. And that's hard for us to understand. That someone would love us so much that they would die for us? That they would pay the price? For some of us, we've been believers for a long time, so we just go, okay, yeah, that's what it is. But explain that to someone who struggles to see what love looks like and understand. It's hard to explain, and yet it's truth. There's a writer, um, her name is Anne Lamott. And Anne, uh, she came to faith later. Uh, she, she's done a lot of novels. She was an agnostic, and she would say she lived like the devil. And in 2015, um, just over the age of 60, came to Christ. And she said it radically changed her world. And she has this quote about grace that, that to me explains it. How do, how do you understand this? She says this, I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are but does not leave us where it found us. Grace meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. That's grace. Because it has the ability to radically change our lives. And we struggle to explain it. And let me tell you, the why of grace, the, the reason we have to have a why is for us, right? We have to, it makes us feel better. We have to know the why. The why of grace is not nearly as important as the who, which is God, and the what, which is Jesus of grace. We don't always have to understand why God loves us so much, but we definitely have to understand who it was and what he did. And that is grace. And that's tough. Because we have to accept that. The, the fourth thing about grace that we have to understand is that grace is unexpected. Grace is unexpected. It says this, it says, Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you've come into your kingdom. Remember me. Have you ever asked a question that you don't expect the answer to be yes? The old dad joke when someone says, Hey, what do you need? And they say, Oh, a million dollars. Right? And have you ever said that? What if someone goes, Okay. You're like, Where's that guy? Sign me up, right? There's a lot of things in life that we ask for that we don't ever expect to get, but we ask for, okay, yeah, if you say you can have anything, right? I tell you, I don't think that that thief on the cross expected Jesus to actually remember him. He knew what he did was wrong. He knew that Jesus didn't deserve to be there, and yet he goes, okay, Jesus, hey, would you remember me when you go to your kingdom, I believe fully that he did not expect the answer to be yes. Can I tell you, 
that in life. There's a lot of times that we've hit rock bottom. There's a lot of times we don't understand. And when we cry out to God, we don't expect an answer. And it's in those desperate times in life that God usually speaks to us. He says, hey, I'm here. It's unexpected. Quite frankly, we don't deserve it. And yet he says, I'm here. Grace is unexpected. And God says, call on me, and I will be there. Believe in me, and I will stand by your side. And for a lot of us, it's so unexpected, we don't always know what to do with the answer. Because grace, ultimately, number five, is a gift. It's a gift. Jesus looks at the man after saying that, and he says, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. It was not deserved, it was unexpected, and yet it was given. Grace is a gift that has to be accepted. Now I want to tell you something, some of you, since my kids came on the stage, have not been able to stop staring at that. Sitting and going, I want to know what it is. So do I, actually. I have no idea what that is. Um, I may have known that they're going to come out. But I do not know what they put in this bag. And here's the deal. This gift essentially remains a gift. It's not mine until I open it and accept it. Until I take this out and see what it is. And my kids got it for me. They picked these out. I have no idea. Different, I've, every service has been a different gift, just so you know, to make a surprise, um, which has been interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> so there's a couple things in this one. I don't know what this is. The first thing is, is dad is a superhero. <laughs> And to go along with my dad as a superhero, I get a little, have a smashing day with the Hulk calendar. <laughs> this is so Taylor and Wilson. <laughs> I'd ask them to think through a gift to, that could be special to us. And so this is what they decided to do. And let me tell you something. My kids love me. I feel loved. If you can't hear Wilson still trying to talk to me right now, it's because he loves me. The date. <laughs> oh, the date is January 8th, which is adoption day in our home. Because all three of our kids were adopted, and that's a day for all of them. That was adoption day. It's a pretty special day. Well, that just made me cry. I would have never known that gift until I opened it until I received it can I tell you God has offered a gift to every single person in this room the gift of grace and the gift of salvation 
And for some of us, he's waiting for us to accept it. Some of us don't feel we're worthy of it. And you're not. But that doesn't change the fact that he wants to give it to you. And today as we close, I want to I ask you a couple questions. The first one is, if you haven't accepted this gift of grace, I wonder what's holding you back. As you hear about a God who loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, for our punishment, three days later to rise again, to conquer death, that's the power of God. He's saying, I want to give you that gift of grace and let you know you're forgiven of all your sins. So what's keeping you, what's keeping you from saying yes to that, to opening that gift, to accepting it? I tell you, maybe some of you are at home right now watching online, and maybe the reason you're online is because maybe you've been afraid distracted or scared to come in this building because of what God is calling you to. And maybe today God is asking you to say yes to the gift of grace. My second question is this. How have you been handling the gift of grace lately? You know, as a believer, I find at times I've abused my gift of grace I've taken advantage of it I know that I will be forgiven I know that God loves me beyond a shadow of a doubt and yet I push the boundaries because he'll forgive me that is not how grace was intended and he's asking you today how have you handled my gift My last question is this. Have you shared that gift of grace lately to anybody else? Now this is mine. You can't have it. It was given with love from my kids. And it's special. Just for the fact that they wanted to give it to me. But what I can tell you is how special they are. I can tell you how much I love them and how much they love me. And I can tell you about that gift. And that's what we have the opportunity to do. Your gift of grace is yours. No one can take that from you. You can't give that to anybody else, but you can share the concept of grace with other people in salvation so that they can have their own gift. And have you been lately? Have you been sharing that gift with other people? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. That gift is for all of us. And this morning I want to challenge you to accept, to handle with care, and share the unexpected gift of grace. And so this morning, I'm going to close this in prayer. And maybe some of you need to make a physical act of coming down to the altar. 
Maybe some of you need to pray in your seats or grab someone. I, I don't know. We'll have some people up here praying. Maybe some of you at home need to just turn in your chair and pray. But can I tell you, don't leave today without making some type of commitment that says, I understand grace, I receive grace, and I'm going to live a life in grace. Because that's what God has called us to this morning. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for giving us a gift that was so unexpected and yet necessary to be with you. Lord, I fully believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that if the other man on the cross, if that other thief had, had changed his mind and said, Lord, I want to accept that too, that you would have said, yes. And so this morning, there may be people in here, Lord, who don't feel worthy of your gift. They may say, Pastor, you don't know what's going on. They say, Lord, you don't know what's happened. You don't know what's... Lord, I know that you love them. And I know that that gift is just as much for them as it is for me. So would they make that choice this morning? Lord, this morning we love you. We thank you for the gift. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living.